It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented by FantasyPoints.com. We love FantasyPoints.com because it's going to help us finish our fantasy season's strong thanks to Joe Dolan and the cast of thousands over at FantasyPoints.com. Just make sure you use the code FEAST when you go ahead and sign up at FantasyPoints.com. What a great holiday gift for somebody, by the way. Why not give them a subscription to FantasyPoints.com? Use the code FEAST. I am Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We even have a YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Uh, we're also at Ross Tucker Pod, Twitter and Instagram. He's Joe Dolan. I mentioned it. Fantasypoints.com. Use the code FEAST and check out Joe on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. Joe, we are not going to talk about the Raven Steelers because it's going to be played in three hours. I am, though, going to ask for your advice as it relates to the two Monday games and especially that Tuesday night Ravens-Cowboys game next week. Well, I mean, here's the thing. These games are postponed because of current COVID issues and not anticipated COVID issues. And I think what we're seeing, though, is we can't assume anything with the virus and the way that it's kind of ravaging the country right now. So as of now, there doesn't appear to be any reason to think that those games are going to get further postponed. They were only postponed because of issues this week uh, with, with, with COVID-19. I, I mean, like, as, as we've seen, trying to predict what this thing's going to do, you know, hopefully um, players were smart over Thanksgiving and, and um, didn't gather in large groups. You know, I was just with me and my wife, so I hope everybody was doing the smart thing. Um, and, and look, it, it, I, I would think that at this point, you're going to be able to play guys on, on Monday and Tuesday and and just understand that the week is going to go a little bit longer and you're not going to know about the results of your fantasy matchups until then. Um, again, I don't think there's any reason right now to believe that these games play, being played Monday and Tuesday are at any bigger risk for a COVID-19 problem than any of the games that are being played on Sunday. We just have more of an, uh, frankly, it's more of an old school kind of week because we don't have Thursday night football. So we don't even, you don't have to set your lineups until Sunday. So that gives you a lot more time to kind of get, get organized for your, for, for week 13, which I mean, unfortunately this is the year we're living in right now. It's the problem that that we're dealing with right now. Yeah. You got that right, Joe. Let's start. Week number 13 with the Browns at the Titans. Yeah, so the Browns, Jarvis Landry came out of nowhere and, I mean, uh, basically scored like 40% of his fantasy points on the year just in one game last week, and that was good to see. And you wonder how much Jarvis Landry's production has been limited by the fact, not only the fact that he's been injured with the hip and the ribs, but the fact that they had been in Cleveland and in three straight games they had awful weather in that Cleveland game. It doesn't look like Tennessee is going to get a Dore Jackson back. So Jarvis Landry, who I frankly thought was droppable because of the way 
Cleveland had been throwing the football, which was terribly. Um, he's back on the wide receiver three radar. But at this stage of the year, Cleveland is Cleveland. You know how you're handling that. And I think I'm going to say that a lot on these two podcasts this week. You know how you're going to handle a lot of these things. Um, Cleveland, you know who you're playing. You know you're playing Nick Chubb and you know you're playing Kareem Hunt. Big disappointment last week with Kareem Hunt was that he didn't catch a pass, although Baker Mayfield missed him for a potential big game and touchdown. Um, uh, Baker missed a couple of throws in that game last week uh, badly. As, as a matter of fact, Rashard Higgins should have scored a touchdown as well. Um, but you're playing Nick Chubb, you're playing Kareem Hunt, and I think you can consider at this point Jarvis Landry. But uh, maybe Baker Mayfield if you're desperate for a quarterback. But again, there's 30 teams playing this week. Only Tampa Bay and Carolina are off. You probably have a better option than Baker Mayfield out there. What about on the other side for the Titans? They're a machine, Joe. Arthur mm-hmm. Smith. I mean, it's it's Derrick Henry season. Uh, we we put a graphic up on FantasyPoints.com this week of of, of Derrick Henry like kind of meshed up with a snowplow because that's the season it is for Derrick Henry. December, colder weather football, and he is grinding it out. I mean, Derrick Henry is like the RB1 right now, given Dalvin Cook dinged up, and obviously Alvin Kamara has to deal with the fact that the Saints have a quarterback in Taysom Hill who doesn't check the football down. So Derrick Henry is the guy you want out there. And the two receivers, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, should be in your lineup. The Titans as six-point favorites against Cleveland. Cleveland is getting Miles Garrett back off the COVID list this week, or should. And that's big news because the Titans have a lot of problems on the offensive line. They're now down to their third-string right uh, left tackle because they had to put Ty Sambrello on IR. So Miles Garrett could be a game wrecker here. But keep in mind, if you have A.J. Brown and Corey Davis in this game, Denzel Ward isn't going to play. He's got a calf injury. So there is opportunities for Ryan Tannehill in this passing game. Jonu Smith has kind of disappeared. He didn't even have a target last week. He's been dinged up as well. For me, this is Derrick Henry is an RB1. A.J. Brown is a wide receiver one. Corey Davis is a really good wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two. And you can consider Ryan Tannehill. If I was playing a quarterback from this game, it would be Ryan Tannehill over Baker Mayfield. Okay, what about the Raiders-Jets game, Joe? <sighs> the Raiders are down. Josh Jacobs, you have to keep an eye on his status. He kind of got dinged up last week. They couldn't run the ball at all. I mean, that's I always have problems with those games because that was a burn-the-tape game for the Las Vegas Raiders. They absolutely no-showed. John Gruden had to apologize to the Raider fans after the game for their no-show. Um, when it comes to the Raiders, despite the fact that they've been pretty competitive and pretty good this year, they're not a really good fantasy team. Josh Jacobs has been in and out of the lineup, uh, not in and out of the lineup, but in, on and off the injury report with some issues and, you know, knee and hip, and now he has an ankle. Um Pick up Devontae Booker. Pick him up in the event Josh Jacobs can't go this week. Derek Carr, you would think this is a good matchup. The Jets are an abominable pass defense. It's a good bounce-back spot for Derek Carr if you need a streaming quarterback. But really, the only wide receiver from the Raiders who's been getting anything done with any sort of consistency, and I can't believe I'm saying this, is Nelson Aguilar. So he's a wide receiver three. Darren Waller is in your lineup. But the big story for the Raiders in this game, you have to keep an eye on on the status of of Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is the guy who um, might end up costing you a week uh, if, if he gets dinged up here. Devontae Booker, if you have Josh Jacobs, and even if you don't, and you might need a running back this week, Devontae Booker should be picked up. What about for the Jets? I mean, 
have fun. Uh, everybody last week was like, oh, Sam Darnold's back. Jamison Crowder's going to – he's going to be back in the lineup, and he's going to be getting it done, and it didn't happen. Uh, Brashad Perriman and Denzel Mims on the outside are wide receiver threes. Darnold was terrible last week. Frank Gore, I guess you can roll out there as a flex play. But this is the type of team, if you're if you're relying on these guys at this stage of the season, you're probably in trouble. I would want to avoid this team if at all possible. But if, but if you need to put Brashad Perriman in there, hope for a big play and a touchdown, maybe Sam Darnold trips over himself and completes the ball 30 yards down the field, then he's probably the guy I'd like the most out of this group. Let's talk Jags-Vikings because it appears Adam Thielen's off the COVID list. Yeah, they pulled him off the COVID list. Obviously, keep an eye on this. There was a bizarre situation last week. I think there was a positive test and then a negative test. And um, I, I, I don't know what the official story is, but it looks like right now that might have been a false positive. He didn't get cleared in time uh, for last Sunday's game, but he's going to play in this one. And now the question is, how, are, how is Minnesota going to play this game? Minnesota is a 10-point favorite against Mike Glennon and the Jaguars. The Jaguars have announced that Mike Glennon is going to start at quarterback. Is this going to be a game where they decide, we're going to give the ball to Dalvin Cook, and and Mike Zimmer gets to play the way Mike Zimmer wants to play? Kirk Cousins throwing the ball 15 times. Or are we talking about how – there's been some talk. You know, the Vikings coaches are this week. We have to be smarter with how we use Dalvin Cook. He's getting sore. He's getting banged up. Dalvin Cook came out today and was like, no, no, I'm a running back. You wouldn't say that about Derrick Henry. But he's averaged 30 touches per game over the last, like, month. I wonder if they limit Dalvin Cook a little bit in this game. Keep an eye on any news reports about that. Maybe the Federalist, Alexander Madison, gets a little bit more action this week. But with Jacksonville, all the injuries that they have in the secondary, they have no pass rush. This should be another big week for for Thielen and Jefferson and Cousins as a quarterback streamer. The issue is, do they have to throw the ball a lot? with Vikings as 10-point favorites at home. Their passing game has been really good recently. There there is some incentive for them to kind of rest Dalvin Cook here a little bit as they try to make a playoff push. But other than that, I mean, the matchup suggests this should be a really good week for Thielen and Jefferson in that passing game. Okay, what about the Jags' offensive skill guys with Glennon in there? Yeah, well, keep an eye on what what the status of DJ Chark and Chris Conley are because if those guys can't go, um, maybe you take like a DFS shot on a Colin Johnson or a Keelan Cole. Um, I thought Glennon actually acquitted himself pretty well, given the fact that they were really limited at the uh, at the skill positions. But I mean, the one guy who stands out, as always for Jacksonville, I'm not breaking any news here, but this is a one in ten football team that is sustaining a top five running back performance by James Robinson. And, you know, we, we, I think part of the whole running backs doesn't matter argument, which I, I guess James Robinson would be supporting right now, is that, you know, good teams can plug a decent player in there and he can produce um, 80 to 90% of what a really good player would produce. Here's the difference. This isn't a good team. This is a bad football team. And James Robinson is putting up these monster numbers. Everything I've seen from him suggests he is for real. Um, obviously, you're playing him. There's there's no doubt about that. You have to play him this week. But just an unbelievable performance so far from James Robinson. And keep an eye on the status of DJ Chark, Chris Conley. Um, you're probably not considering Mike Glennon again. 30 teams are playing this week. You have better options than Mike Glennon. But James Robinson, I just wanted to call to mind what an awesome season he has had. Yeah, it's been very, very impressive. There's no question about it, Joe. All right, Bengals, Dolphins. Brandon Allen and the Bengals, that was a tough watch. I mean, it was really tough. And just it just goes to show you how 
bad must Ryan Finley be in practice that they decided to go with Brandon Allen and then Zach Taylor I I mean coaches can change their mind but Zach Taylor said after the game on Sunday yeah Brandon Allen gives us the best chance so how bad must Ryan Finley be but it was apocalyptic it was terrible for Tyler Boyd they averaged like 3.3 yards per play and they ran under 50 plays that is not a, a, a recipe for success Giovanni Bernard is nothing more than a flex play right now Tyler Boyd's a wide receiver three if you played T Higgins you luck out with him getting in the end zone but against Miami those perimeter corners that pass rush Brandon Allen I mean I want to play nobody from Cincinnati right now again 30 teams are playing it's week 13 you want to avoid playing teams from bad from uh, playing players from bad teams in bad spots this qualifies across the board even though we don't know who is going to be the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins I am looking at the Dolphins as an 11 and a half point favorite right now that tells you what the markets think correctly so about the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, so here's the question on the Dolphins. I think it's a good one. It's Wednesday. Hmm? Who's going to be their quarterback? And who it's a really good question. For? Uh, uh, here's the deal. If, if I want to win for fantasy, I want Ryan Fitzpatrick to be the quarterback of this team. That, that I mean, it's just it's not even it, it it's cut and dry. Now maybe maybe you have Jakeem Grant and you saw Jakeem Grant producing more with uh, with uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa than he did with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I understand that. Um, but other than that, take a look at Devontae Parker and take a look at Parker's numbers with Ryan Fitzpatrick vis-a-vis his numbers with Tua Tonga-Vailoa. With Ryan Fitzpatrick, in games started by Ryan Fitzpatrick, Devontae Parker is averaging 7.7 targets, 5.3 receptions, 69 yards, and 14.1 yards per reception. Uh, with a 72.4% catch rate. In games started by Tua Tonga-Vailoa, he is averaging 6.25 targets per game, 3.75 receptions per game, 39.8 yards per game, and 9.8 yards per reception. He's averaging 13.9 PPR fantasy points per game in games started by Fitz. He's averaging 10.7 PPR fantasy points per game in games started for by Tua. I mean, it's evident that right now, Fitz is a better quarterback than Tua. It's evident that Fitz feeds Devontae Parker more than Tua does. This offense is better with Ryan Fitzpatrick than it is with Tua. And that's why the Dolphins are in a little bit of a dilemma. Actually, it's a lot of bit of a dilemma. They're 7-4. and four. This team hasn't made the playoffs in a number of years. Um, and Ryan Fitzpatrick gives them a shot to win right now. They're still in the division hunt against Buffalo. So Ryan Fitzpatrick gives them the better shot to win right now. But I hearken back to that that report that was published by Adam Schefter on ESPN.com on Halloween, where he said the Dolphins want to evaluate Tua Tagovailoa because they have this, I think the quote was treasure trove of draft picks. And to me, that just did not read like, uh, like this was a team impressed by what it was seeing by, from Tua in practices. And it's just a bizarre thing that, and by the way, they backed that up. They pulled Tua for performance reasons in that game a couple of weeks ago uh, against Denver. And and they pulled him. They said Brian Flores had every excuse. Tua had been sacked six times. He got rolled up on on his last sack. He had every excuse to be able to say he got rolled up on. He was getting beat up. We needed to get him out of there. We wanted to protect him. No, he came out and said it was for performance reasons. They're telling you they think Fitz is better right now. Um, so they're in a weird spot where they're kind of rebuilding. They're in evaluation mode for their quarterback, but they're also in the playoff hunt. They'd be in the playoffs right now. They have a really good defense that's going to massacre Brandon Allen. Um, but if I'm playing fantasy, 
I want Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. This is a better offense with Fitzpatrick than it is with with Tua. If I have Devontae Parker, I have Mike Kosicki. Maybe I'm streaming Mike Kosicki at tight end. I want Fitz at quarterback. All right. um, Let's keep it moving, and let's get to the Colts and the Texans. Jonathan Taylor just came off the COVID list while we're recording. The Texans don't have Will Fuller, so there's a lot to get to here, Joe. Um, yeah, there. This, this game, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, by the way, the Texans also have a big uh, PED suspension on the defense as well. Cornerback Bradley Roby. What happens? What happened when Bradley Roby was out for disciplinary reasons in Week Number Nine against Jacksonville? Uh, well, Jack, uh, Jake Luton, who has since been benched. Went 26-38 for 304 yards with a touchdown and a pick in that game. Uh, so Jake Luton's been benched, and he still threw for over 300 yards against the Houston Texans in that game. Obviously, his first completion was that long touchdown to DJ Chark. This is a good spot for Michael Pittman to bounce back after a poor game. But I do am concerned. Phillip Rivers has been dealing with a toe injury. He did not look good last week against Tennessee. I wonder if that's really affecting him. And – and you, you go into Jonathan Taylor. How snake bit is this guy? He gets put on the COVID list as a contact um, in the same game after he finally had like kind of that breakout game we've been waiting for. And in the same game that he missed, Jacoby Brissett gets two sneak touchdowns. You wonder if Jonathan Taylor would have gotten those opportunities if he had been in the lineup. Um, so just a snake bit and kind of rookie season for Jonathan Taylor. But this game against Houston, I would think Taylor and Naeem Hines are both kind of flex plays here. I really like Michael Pittman. T.Y. Hilton finally got on the board with a touchdown. I still don't trust him. Um, I I like Michael Pittman as a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three. I would love to be able to say stream Phillip Rivers in this game, but I'm a little bit concerned about his toe injury. Um, On the other side, the Texans offensively, Without Will Fuller now. I don't know why they let Kenny Stills go. They got to get Kenny Stills back. So they must not have have seen this coming because you would think they would have Kenny Stills uh, still on the roster if they had anticipated Will Fuller getting popped for PEDs. I don't here's I don't know what Deshaun Watson has done to piss off the football gods. You know, Bill O'Brien trades DeAndre Hopkins for cents on the dollar. Will Fuller finally is having a healthy season. And then he gets popped for PEDs. Obviously, I mean, I don't, I don't know what what those PEDs were, but they worked apparently because they kept him on the field. Um, unfortunately, Deshaun Watson, who's playing MVP level, he's not going to win the MVP because the Texans aren't good enough. But he's playing MVP level football right now. He's playing the best football of his career, and now he loses his number one receiver. So. I was reading Aaron Reese uh, at the Athletic. I was reading him right before I came on here, and he said there are a number of guys who have to step up. Kiki Kuti, the prodigal son, prodigal son who's out of the doghouse that Bill O'Brien put him in, he's going to have to step up. Remember, Randall Cobb is on IR as well. So we know. By the way, we know Brandon Cooks is the number one. I'm I'm not even bringing him up. Isaiah Coulter, rookie wide receiver out of Rhode Island who has a lot of traits, but it was really raw coming out of Rhode Island. He's going to have to step up. But one name that was particularly interesting to me, 
tight end Jordan Akins, who played wide receiver in college. Um, Aaron Reese, these are some of the numbers that he brought up on Jordan Akins. And I think it's somebody who, at the tight end position, if you're looking for a streamer, this might be your guy. Um, uh, Aaron Reese writes, he offers the most upside in the passing game. Among tight ends with at least 20 catches, he ranks eighth in yards per route run at 1.76. And he's just 30th in target share at 8%. He's run 23% of his routes from the slot compared to 34.6% a season ago. I would anticipate that Jordan Aiken's role is going to expand in this offense as the Texans have to replace both both, uh, Will Fuller and, of course, Kenny Stills, as you mentioned, who would be a great fill-in if they had just kept him around. It's a good point, Joe. You know what else is a good point? There are now other sports you can bet on, including college basketball. Gonzaga, Baylor. How about this? DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all college basketball fans who sign up now the chance to win $100 when betting on either Gonzaga or Baylor to win this Clash of the Titans. Pretty cool. Gonzaga, Baylor, college basketball. Get on it. $100 if you bet on either Gonzaga or Baylor to win their matchup. Awesome. Plus, you get a deposit bonus up to $1,000 when you sign up using promo code Ross. So you can double dip it. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code Ross when you sign up for your shot to turn $1 into $100 when betting on either Gonzaga or Baylor to win. That's right. Bet $1 to win $100. Use promo code Ross during sign up to take advantage of these great offers. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Joe, let's dive into the next game. And that next game, of course, is going to be a matchup between the Lions and Bears. Looks like oh we're Swift back. But I don't know about Kenny Galladay not practicing today. Yeah, he's not practicing today on Wednesday. Uh, Daryl Bevel, who's the interim head coach with 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 the Lions, and that was uh, that was overdue. Um, I don't know how much influence Matt Patricia had over the offense, but it wasn't very good anyway. Um, so I don't know how much is going to change. Um, but Daryl Bevel made some interesting comments today. Um, he didn't. He refused to ignore. Not, he neglected to acknowledge when or or point out when DeAndre Swift's concussion happened. We still don't know. Um, remember, that was a midweek kind of update from practice. He's now missed two games. Um, he said he's had an up-and-down recovery, but they're hoping to get him back this week. It is Wednesday. Um, he could clear the protocol Saturday. We might not know until Sunday morning, so just keep an eye on that status. Um, Marvin Jones is obviously viable. TJ Hawkinson is is somebody you got to play at the tight end position. Kenny Galladay, I, I don't think it's a good sign that he's not returning to practice on Wednesday for this weekend. Um, so uh, the Lions are still a mess, but you just wonder, maybe they get a little bit of a boost. Maybe they play a little bit better because uh, Matt Patricia's been fired. I'm from from what I, I acknowledge, he wasn't a terribly popular player. I know Darius Slay, uh, a terribly popular coach, rather, uh, with his players. Darius Slay, I know, from Philadelphia, he uh, kind of did the little eye emoji when Matt Patricia got fired and uh, on Twitter. 
so I don't know. Maybe the team rallies around this. This should be a slop fest, though. We they really need DeAndre Swift back in in the lineup. That's I, I I'm really hoping they get him back because this team has been a slog to watch without him. They really have. There's no question about it. Um, now they're playing the Bears. I actually thought Trubisky did a couple okay things, Joe. How about yeah. Montgomery on that first run? I couldn't believe that. You know, and here's the thing about David Montgomery. Um, and uh, there was uh, – our friends up at, at Sports Info Solutions did a wonderful job breaking down that David Montgomery has been a far better runner this year when the quarterback is under center versus the shotgun. Nick Foles played out of the shotgun more than Mitchell Trubisky. So I'm just wondering if maybe there's a little something to that. David Montgomery being a better runner when Trubisky's in there because they do more under center stuff with Trubisky. Trubisky did some okay things, Ross. And the the okay thing that he did the most of was he fed Allen Robinson the football. That's all we ask. Mitch, we don't expect you to play well right now. All we expect you to do is get the ball to your good players. That's Allen Robinson. Um, Mitchell Trubisky is a viable streaming quarterback this week. We know, I mean, Detroit's defense, maybe they play better without Matt Patricia at coach again, but they have so many injuries. Desmond Trufant went on IR this week. uh, Jeff Okuda's been banged up all season long. It's just not a very good defense. So Trubisky is viable this week if you're really desperate for a quarterback. But he's going to get the ball to Allen Robinson. That's what they did not do that early in the season. They at least did it this past week. Uh, David Montgomery is an RB2 now. Ross, you mentioned the long run at the beginning. I just wonder if, if, if things are better for him when Trubisky is playing more under center than Nick Foles did. He's somebody you can put in your lineup. But other than that, I mean, the Chicago Bears, not really a team that you want to dabble with too much. But at the very least, Mitchell Trubisky got the ball in the hands of their best players. And we can accept that for fantasy at this stage. Really looking forward to your matchup, and it's the last one here in part one of the Fantasy Feast podcast. It's the Saints at the Falcons, second time in three weeks, and we've had a couple weeks now to see Taysom Hill's impact on fantasy. Uh, I want to give the Saints some credit for not playing a quarterback in that game because the Broncos didn't play one either. Taysom Hill was awful. Um, 9-16 for 78 yards and an interception. This on the heels of a game when, I, I fully admit it, as a charter member of the I Hate Taysom Hill Club, only because, not personally, but only because Sean Payton puts him in and and he scores touchdowns and takes production away from Breeze and Kamara and, and Michael Thomas. I, I mean, that's just a strict fantasy grudge. Um he looked really good in the first game, and I thought he was awful against Denver. Of course, he didn't need to be any better than awful against Denver because Denver literally didn't have a quarterback. Um, here is the problem with Taysom Hill. You, Ross, I know you played for five NFL teams. How many career receptions did you have, Ross? Zero. Yeah. Well, those zero receptions for zero yards, that's more receiving yards than Alvin Kamara's had since Taysom Hill took over at quarterback because he has negative two. <laughs> One of the best receiving backs in the entire NFL has negative receiving yards since Taysom Hill took over a quarterback. That's not good. Um, it's very bad, as a matter of fact. And look, they're going to have a different offense. We know they're going to have a different offense. Um, Latavius Murray has been very much involved. Kamara's still been involved. The problem is Kamara, he's never really been this 25-carry-a-game kind of guy. It's always been the receiving that's bolstered his production. He has taken a massive hit with Taysom Hill at quarterback. Now, against Atlanta, Taysom Hill is still a viable starter. He's run multiple touchdowns back-to-back weeks. So, I mean, that is a viable fantasy quarterback, whether he's playing well or not. He at least 
feeds Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, he had over 100 yards in Hill's first start. He had six of his 16 targets um, in, uh, in, in, week, uh, in week 12 against Denver. So he's feeding Michael Thomas, who should be in your lineup right now. This is not a very good Atlanta defense, but it is a good Atlanta run defense. So my question is, does Sean Payton air it out a little bit more? Um, because uh, I, it's not a great matchup for Hill, Kamara, Murray on the ground. I'd play all three of those guys. I think, I think Hill's an RB, uh, a QB1. I think Kamara is a low-end RB1 right now. Latavius Murray is an RB2. Look at the way he's looked with, Alvin, uh, with uh, Taysom Hill at quarterback. But right now, I mean, we, we have two different performances from Taysom Hill. One where I thought he looked pretty good. One where I thought he looked really bad. And I'm trying to wonder which one of those two is the more real, and I'm not 100% certain of that right now. What about for the Falcons against the Saints defense? It's been beastly. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, I, when you see Matt Ryan throw for 185 and two touchdowns with a pick without Julio Jones, you take that and run. His numbers have been abysmal without Julio Jones out there this year. And um, Julio, uh, uh, Raheem Moore said this week that he's returning to practice. Okay, good. Um, uh, hopefully he gets back out there Sunday because they really need him. Also said Todd Gurley's returning to practice, but I have no faith whatsoever in Todd Gurley for fantasy at this point. I think he's a flex play at best. Matt Ryan's uh, uh, upside is much higher if Julio Jones plays in this game. If not, I'd probably lean to benching him. Um, that being said, if if uh, Julio does go nor, or if Julio doesn't go, I am more than willing to play Calvin Ridley. Hayden Hurst, it was good to see him back in the saddle catching passes. He's been banged up. I think he's a tight end one. You have to play Julio if he goes, but it is so evident how much different this Falcon offense and especially Matt Ryan looks when Julio Jones is out there versus when he's not. That'll do it for episode number one of the show. That's so nice. We do it twice. Make sure you check your podcast app. Make sure you subscribe so you can hear all of Joe's breakdowns of the Sunday late games, Sunday night, Monday afternoon, Monday night, Tuesday night. There's a bunch. See you there. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.